Time to keep it real here on Tech Radio. We are presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. We're here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. Let's go to the hotline. Jordan Pugh always keeps it real. Aggie, great joining us here. Jordan, good morning, buddy. What's going on? How you doing? You know, are we talking about in life or in football? Hey, man, a little bit of both. You know what I mean? They coincide with each other. They interconnect. You know what I mean? Hey, man, I'm blessed. <laughs> I'm blessed to talk about the university that I love. So even though my football yeah. team is yeah. uh, is struggling a little bit, I'm I, I'm good, man. So I yeah. know you have you're very opinionated, right? Um, yep. And, and yep. this year, I feel you were more on the optimistic side than I've seen in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. After what happened at Tennessee, where are you? You know, I'm in that weird uh, purgatory space right now. Okay. Okay, that's where I'm at. Um, when I look at uh, just the state of where we are, is I think it's interesting. Okay. Uh, going into the season, man, I thought this was, was a year that we could really take advantage of, of everything that we've been trying to build, right? Top recruiting classes, young guys that got to play last year. Um, you, you saw strides being made throughout the season. Um, you know, we had our quarterback, I thought, of the future with Connor before he got hurt. Everything was in play. And then you look at what the defense has been doing all year long, how well they've been playing. You look at the the, the amount of uh, pressures, sacks, all that stuff that we're getting. You know, we do have a weakness in the secondary, but overall the defense has played has played well. Just in general, the, the, the sense that I feel is, man, we have everything that we need and we are not taking advantage of any of it. That's what I that's what I feel. And and now I think it's one of those deals where it's it's where do we go from here? Um, that's the question. I think it's more of the I don't know, and I think it's more of the fear of the unknown because you've done as an administration, you've done everything. You 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 have magnificent facilities. You you can't provide any better opportunities as far as uh, educational purposes are concerned. You've brought in top tier talent from across the nation. Uh, you've made yourself a a, a, a national presence uh, with athletes with high school athletes across the nation. It's like what else is there to do? You know what I mean? And so there's a disconnect somewhere. And I think um, overall, the problem that a lot of us are having is we don't truly know what that disconnect is. Is it the coach? Is it admin? Is it both? Is it, is it, is it, uh, you know, work ethic? Is it scheme? Is it, what is it? What is the, what is the problem so we can go fix it? I think that's where a lot of us are. When you look at the game overall, I thought the defense played well. If you look at it, what was the final score? 20, 2013? Yep. Defense, defense played well, and defense really gave up, let's say, 13 points. One touchdown. If you want to call it that. Yeah. Defense, they had a punt return. You had the interception uh, that got them down to, like, their 15 or wherever it was close. Defense was put in a lot of situations where they had to, they had to hold up and they had to get that ball back to the offense. Defense played well. The defense has not been the issue with the team. We've had secondary issues. That have caused us problems, but overall the defense has kept us in games. Offensively, I don't know if I, I felt this way uh, this weekend. I think that we haven't adjusted the offense to Max's skill set. Part of me feels that way. Watching Connor play, you could tell that Connor, would, especially as the games went on with him, he got into his groove. But you could tell that his offense was kind of built around him, built around his legs, built around his skill set. When I look at Max, I don't know why he's so hesitant. Throwing the ball or uh, with the ball in his hands, it seems like everything is just it's taking forever in order to uh, uh, all come together offensively. The offensive line has been getting whooped lately. 
Uh, you don't see a lot of the movement passes. We have all those all those weapons from the backfield to the to the guys on the outside. And you don't see us taking advantage of those weapons. It just seems like something's off. And I don't know what the answer to that is yet. And that's a problem because, Petrino, you were brought here to help fix that. And I think there, there's a disconnect going on as well. Also, you know, I, I know this is kind of bleeding into my facts too, but another thing, two weeks in a row you have uh, an opportunity to put points on the board going into halftime. You have an opportunity, uh, like they like to say in football, to put your foot on their throat. And we don't even try. Not only do we, we, we don't try, we have timeouts, so we have the ability to be able to manipulate the clock, and we don't utilize that. I don't know, man. Something just seems so, – something seems off. I can't put my finger on it. Uh, I don't like it. I don't know I don't know why we're not being aggressive. It's not like we don't have the people. We don't have the personnel in order to do that. Something's just off with this team, man. And, and I think that's what's bothering me more than anything is because we what, – what is the true problem? And what I can go back to is, is, is Jimbo. Uh, we've, made every, we've made every change. He's been the consistent factor. Uh, here so I don't know what that is man <laughs> I don't know what that is and that's kind of where, I, where I'm at with the team right now Jordan I agree and I disagree on halftime okay. because I just didn't have any faith that they could move the ball so to, but, yes that, but, that's true but I agree that it is too conservative it is too cautious yes. of an approach overall in that situation I'm like, man, you know, just get, go to halftime with the lead. <laughs> like, I don't throw the ball. I always bring up Alabama last year because that's the easy one to go to. But if I, but that that's the problem. Why don't I believe in this offense that was supposed to feed the studs? That's the that's problem. the that's the point. And so when you're looking at it, so going into the to the Alabama game, so this is what I said. I said if you if you were to ask me athlete for athlete, where do we match up? I think we're superior in our skill set when it comes to them. If you ask me on the front from our defensive line against their offensive line, I think we're superior. And I think that it played out that way and it proved true. Uh, so you had an opportunity, man, to, 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 to make a statement going in, right? You have the lead going in at halftime. Make your statement now, right? Um, you look at the Tennessee game. Tennessee game, you know, you're going in uh, with the lead again, but you're on the road. You have an opportunity to take the air out of the stadium. You know, even if you don't get it, okay. Let's say, you know, worst case scenario, man, we, you end up punting. Worst case scenario, you know, you, you have turnovers. But there's enough time on the clock to where you can manipulate a drive, but also enough time to where you can run the clock out. You know what I mean? I just think that there has to be a point where you say, look, man, we're trying to win. We're not trying to play the lose. That's what I think. And we have the personnel in place in order to do that. That's the problem. Um, th- that was my issue with that. I just think, man – Sometimes, you know, you, you have to weigh the risk and reward, and sometimes you got to take the risk because you got to ignite something um, in the team, man. And I, and I think I heard a stat. Tell me if I'm wrong. Is it eight, eight road games, eight straight road losses? Is that true? Yeah. Oh, it's true. Uh, it's Missouri 2021. I couldn't believe that when I heard that. Yeah. I, it blew my mind. I'm like, wait a minute. What? Eight, so, so what that tells me, man, it, there, there's a lack of belief in something that Jimbo is feeling right now. Now, he's in the building every day. He's around those kids every day, so he knows what's going on. What that tells me is you're lacking a belief in something. There's some, there's a disconnect going on somewhere, and I just didn't like that, man. I think that says a lot. I think that speaks to where where we are as a team right now. Um, hey, Jordan. But, but something's missing. Yep. Nick just told me in my ear that Missouri game, the last time they won, was two years ago yesterday. Wow. And 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 hold on. Wow. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this even better for you. They okay. Gotta go, okay. They got to go to Ole Miss 
they got to go to LSU. So there's a world where it's almost three years before they win a road game. Wow. But when you put it in perspective like that, wow, that's shocking. So so here's what – so let's put it like this. Let's put some hope back into the to the discussion. Our defense has been doing has been doing their job. Our defense has been playing well. Now they gave up too much in the run game. You're looking at 200 plus yards against Tennessee. Now that's a problem. But the number one job is to keep them from scoring. They did their job in that aspect, right? At the end of the day, this game is about points. I score more points than you. I win the game. It don't really matter how many yards I give up. All this other type of stuff. So the defense is affecting the ball game. The problem is the offense is not complementing that defense. That's the that's the issue. And you're asking our defense to be perfect every week. You're asking our defense to be perfect in an explosive uh, SEC with with wide spread offenses. There's too much. There's too many things that can happen that that can uh, prevent the defense forget or keep the defense from preventing big plays. I just think offensively, man, uh, we got to be able to help in, in that sense. We got to be able to score more than 13 points. We got to be able to score more than what was it against Alabama? 17, I think, whatever it was. Um, we're not explosive enough, and we have the explosive weapons on the outside. That's the problem. We have the Anaises of the world, the Mooses of the world, the Evans of the world, Noah Thomas. Like, what is the problem? And we have three uh, workhorses in the backfield. Man, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is right now. And and the problem is, I don't know how you fix it. Either. I think that's the biggest issue I'm having is what what is the fix? What was the solve agent here? I don't know what that is right now. Talking to Jordan Pugh here on Tech Radio. I guess I'll ask you this, and. I almost don't care, but how different does this season look with Connor right now? Like, do they win these last two games? Yep. And and when I say I don't care, I mean that, like, I just want results. Like, you keep losing quarterbacks. Well, then fix that problem. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. don't get your yep. quarterbacks hurt every two weeks. Yep. Uh, I think I think right now, what, what's our current record? Four and three. What is it? Four, four and, and three. three. Yes, sir. I think we're sitting at six and, what is it? Would it be six and one? I think we're sitting at six and one right now. Connor is the quarterback. I think that people underestimate his legs, uh, his athletic ability running the ball on the outside. I think we beat Alabama. I think he 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 uh, makes more anticipate uh, anticipatory throws from the quarterback position. I think what you saw from Tennessee uh, defensively, I think he he takes advantage of a lot of what they do. Um, there was a reason why he was named the starter. There was a reason why so many guys were pushing for him to be the starter because you saw something special in him. Um, if I, you know, I was running across the stats, uh, and I need you to confirm this. I don't even think, uh, Max has passed him in total yards passing yet, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and, and no, I want to say, and has. I want to say, yeah, if, if you can give me an answer on that, is that true? I'm looking at the numbers right now. I don't believe it's true. I mean, I believe you're, you are true. He's thrown for 898 yards and Connor Wegman has thrown for, here we go, 979. So you're telling me in two and a half games he threw for almost a thousand yards. So now let's take that and let's apply that to the to the, the three or four games that he could have been playing in. Man, you're talking about Heisman type numbers. He was already at a 98 percent QBR at the time uh, when he got hurt. I think that makes a big difference. I think from an offensive perspective that the, that the that the scheme offensively has not adjusted to what Max does well. Now that's not letting Max off the hook. Max, for whatever reason, is like he's slow processing. He's hesitating too much. He's not letting that ball go. He has run lanes to throw to. The one, the one play that irritated the, the crap out of me was when uh, he brought back the pass, and I don't know who stepped on his foot when he was getting ready to release the ball. He had a wide open run lane. If he gets it, he gets the first down. 
I think that's the difference between Max and Connor. I think Connor takes that run lane. Connor takes more. Uh, he takes control over the game more often, I think, than Max does. And I think you see a different outcome in these two games. But, yeah, man, I'm with you. I, you know, it's not more so how do you fix a problem. Just fix it so we can get these games won. Look, I, uh, I recognize any team in the SEC with their backup quarterback is going to struggle. I get yep. it, right? That, that's Bamba goes to their guy. Tyler Buckner is going to look worse, way worse, right? I think yep. my, my big problem is it's been the same story the last three years. You're on your backup quarterback, so stop getting him hurt. And why does it have to look like it looks just so slow and like so like it looks like 2022 again? Yeah. And it shouldn't just you should be able to have at least the flow, the creativity should still be fast, in my opinion, regardless of who's that quarterback. Yep. Maybe they're not as effective, but it should at least look better. Well, it, it's schematic. Um, to me, that's a schematic issue. So it's, it's, it's twofold. If you have a backup quarterback, let's say you lose your starter, but you don't have the personnel on the outside, say the personnel on the backfield, you don't have the weapons to be able to, to distribute the ball, you're going to see a lot more struggles. The difference is, is you have the weapons here where you can distribute the football. The problem with us is, is being able to get the ball into the, our weapons' hands. What I saw in the Tennessee game was I saw a lot of passes that were past the midpoint, meaning five yards or, uh, or more. There were a lot of passes that were five, ten yards of depth, 15 yards of depth, which allows more time to develop, which makes Max hold the ball more. When you saw Max succeed in the past game, it was a lot of quick rhythm uh, rhythm throws. It was a lot of high-low concepts. Routes at five yards, routes at 10 yards. My first yard at 10 is not open. I can check it down to the five-yard route, or I can send it out to the backfield. Uh, but there was also missed opportunities as well. I think there's a, there, I think 90% of it is scheme. There's a scheme element to this. I think that they reduce the amount, the, the scheme that they want to run in order uh, uh, by uh, really, they reduced the scheme that they want to run, saying that we can't do what we really want to do with Max, like we could with Connor. I think that they're telling you that, but also there's opportunities that Max can take advantage of that he's just not. For example, the wheel route that was wide open that mm -hmm. we missed. Like for the love of God, you got to hit that. That's where the player has to make the play. That that those are opportunities, man, where you can't miss those, especially on the road. So I think you know it's a combination of the two, but I think it's heavy scheme, ten percent player. Why? Uh, look, I, we've we've already said that the defense was good, right? Good enough yep. to win the game. Yep. But why do you think Tennessee? I mean, they're very talented, but why were they able to run the ball so effectively when others who tried three man front, three man front, okay. three man front? That's all it was. Uh, Tennessee's a better running team. Tennessee is a run first team. They just do it out of a, out of a four wide set. Um, the problem is, is I think they do a good job of scheming you in 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 that sense because you have to be able to defend against. Of the past, you know how great they are in the past game. You know what type of scheme they run in the past game, so you got to be able to defend. So I understand why the why in that, but also at the same time, and you got to be able to have some type of level of trust. But that goes back to the deficiencies we've had in the uh, defensive backfield. Uh, I know you asked me last week, what is it? What's the fix um, in in the in the DB room? And I think you saw it uh, this week. I think you saw with a lot of our three man front putting a lot more athletes. Uh, on the football field, man. And, and it paid a dividend a little bit in the past game because uh, I think Milton only threw for 100 yards, if that. So you saw that fix, but now you, you it's, it's, it's like pick your poison. Which one? At the end of the day, the defense did their job. They affected the quarterback and, uh, uh, what is it, gave up seven, ten points total. You did your job. The, the name of the game is to not give up more points than my offense scores. 
That's the name of the game. You know what I mean? And I think they put our offense in position to be able to win this game, but we just didn't we didn't do we didn't do it as a complete team. And that was the issue this weekend. So I'm looking at the defensive fronts. Um they in the it looks like early on they did much more four man. Um as the game went on, it became more well, they, they disguised it in four man. So what they did was they lined them, they, they mugged the backers a lot. So you saw a lot of A gap, uh a lot of A gap alignments from um from Cooper, uh York, those type guys. You saw a lot of guys line up uh kind of like over fronts where you had the DBs walk down on the outside. So it was a lot of disguising, but what you saw in that was you saw a lot of drops. So they would disguise, they would drop two. They would just they would disguise and drop one and try and create uh, uh multiple fronts or excuse me multiple pressures with guys but at the end of the day what you saw with Tennessee was you saw a lot of traps you saw a lot of counterplays to where they were able to manipulate what we were doing once they figured out uh, uh our tendency on defense so we were primarily a three-man front in the disguise of a four and five man that's what you saw um and they took advantage of that so you know at the end of the day the defense did what they needed to do they created turnovers um uh, um they got off the field when they, when need be we we had the sacks again. It's just we didn't do it as a complete team, and the offense let us down in this uh, in this sense. All right, bye week. Host South Carolina. You go to Ole Miss. You host Mississippi State. You host ACU, and you go on the road to Baton Rouge, where you haven't won since what ninety three. So don't do it. Give don't me your give me a realistic view, man. What what is this like? What can this team be? Like can That's they be? That's the problem. I knew you gonna ask. I knew you. I knew yeah. you gonna do it. You I can't had to do it. That. You can't do it. Okay. You can't do it because the team, they can win every single game. That's the problem. <laughs> That's the problem. So you're asking me to be realistic. Well, realistically, they can beat every single one of them. That's the problem. The problem with, man, I don't know. Uh, see that. So, okay. So, let me see how I can answer the question. Let, let, me, let me phrase it like this. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Would you be happy today, okay. not, not August 1st, Today, if this team is eight okay. and four at the end of the year, that means no, you split on the road. I no, no, I wouldn't be happy. Would you be okay? I wouldn't be happy. Content because that means what? What that means is we've lost. I guarantee you, we lost to a, to a Mississippi school. If no, that's no, no. The case. You you could miss. You could lose to uh, LSU or you could lose to Ole Miss. One of those. You have to split those. On the no, road. I wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't be I wouldn't I wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't be happy because this this is what what year is this for Jimbo? Seven, whatever it is, year it doesn't even matter at this point. Uh year seven. You you stacked you have stacked the talent. You have made the 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 changes to the to the scheme. Uh you have the players, you have the horses, you you're seeing the benefits of it, but it's not all not coming together. I would not be happy. Ten wins to me was the minimum, and I'm not changing on that. You know what I mean? Now you can still get ten wins through a bowl win. You, I mean, that's possible. But um, just overall, I think that would just be average, and that would be us accepting mediocrity again. That's what that would mean to me. I don't think the fan base needs to accept mediocrity because we don't operate in mediocrity. Meaning, how we put facilities together, the type of talent that we have, there's nothing mediocre about it. So, to me, that would be a letdown. That would be a letdown if that happens. So, you ask me today. If we finish eight four. I have an issue with that. Okay, um, 
So, but your issue is more, if I'm if I'm understanding correctly, overall this team should be above that. But considering they haven't won on the road, remember, okay, so long. Let me ask you a question. Let yeah. me can I ask you a question? Oh, come on. Let me ask you a question. If if you put, uh, let's just throw the name. If you put Kirby Smart in an A and M uh, apparel, and he's the head coach of this team, what does this team do? They're better. Why? Well. He right now is. I got to be careful how I phrase this. But the bottom line is, he's right now a better coach. Say it. He's a better coach right now. Okay. Okay. If you take, if you take, uh, who would be another one? If you take, uh, let's let's throw Brian Kelly in there. Okay. You know what? You know what? Scratch that. If you take Eli Drinkwitz and you put him uh, with A and M, what do you what do you believe about A and M? I believe that the offense would be better and the defense would not be better. So what that what that statement just told me is he's at Missouri working with less and Missouri is producing work working with less less uh, less state of the art facilities less talent within the state or without within the region, um, and he's out here winning games that he's not supposed to win. I'll give you one more. But Jordan, let me, let me you ask you this. Mar- let me ask you this. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Because. It feels like this is the same story since RC. Like, whatever coach you put in here, yes. you're getting these. So, is it the coach, yes. or is it something bigger? That That's the question. That's what I think is driving people crazy. Because you, you got a guy who has the national championship on his resume. You got a guy who is recruiting his butt off. You know what I mean? You have all of that. What is the problem? But when I look at it, I'm watching guys like Mark Stoops at Kentucky. Kentucky is going to give you hell every time you play Kentucky. He is working with less, and they are producing, man. They, they, they're they going undefeated. They may lose some chippy games here and there, but you know what they are. It, I don't know if this is an identity issue with us. Um, I don't know if it could be an administrative issue with us. I don't know what it is, but, man, everything is there. If you, if, For example, if this job opens up, it is literally turnkey. If I'm a coach looking at this, if I'm a coach looking at all the talent that's sitting there, I'm like, you mean to tell me I can't win with that? I just think, I just think that we're doing a whole lot. We're doing a whole lot of nothing with everything at our disposal, and I don't think we're taking full advantage. And there, there is, there is a major, major disconnect. Part of me believes that that's contract too. You give me a hundred million dollars, and we're average. There were this and that. I don't care. Human nature lets me relax because I'm secure. That's just the matter. That's the truth. That's just a matter of fact. Sometimes I think you need those guys that have something to prove, but also who built something from nothing. There's something about those guys who have had to work with less that know how to utilize talent, but know how to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? That really knows how to use it uh, because they've had to work with, with less, man. I just think that th- there's a disconnect going on, man, because it's the same story every year. And, and if we keep being delusional and acting like this is not a problem, then we're going to keep getting the same results. The question is, we have got to identify that. It's got to be some hard conversations, man, but we got to identify what that is. And then we got to find a way to fix that and put in, put in a plan to fix that. Jordan, we're way past the break, man. Always great stuff. Thanks so much, man. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. See you. See you next week.
Jordan Pugh here on Tech Radio. Let's hit a break. Come back with a short open segment uh, before we talk to Jonathan Hutton of Outkick the Coverage. Right now, we're talking about the future of joint pain relief. It is here. It is advanced regenerative medicine. And I actually talked to my mom yesterday, like on the phone. I was like, hey, have you called QC Kinetics yet? I'm a heath. Oh, no, I forgot to call. Well, you need to call, mom. QC Kinetics, I mean, get a different opinion, right? Like if you, you've had back pain for years and they've been telling you, let's give you a steroid shot, you know, let's uh, give you surgery. And they, that's what they continue to tell you. You owe it to yourself to get a different opinion about regenerative medicine. It is the it is not your only option to get the steroids, to get the surgery, right? That it, it uses your body's own healing agents to attack the joint pain, and I'm talking about lasting relief. These treatments go to the very root of the problem using concentrated healing properties directly into your joint to repair and uh, restore that damaged tissue. So imagine, you know, here as you're entering you know, the winter season, like going back and playing flag football with your family. I don't care if you're 80. Go do it. Feel good about it, right? Go get yourself feeling good once again with no drugs, no downtime. It's about living in motion, and QC Kinetics is giving people back their lives with an all-natural treatment. Call the local medical professionals and get a free consultation today. QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in regenerative medicine, 979-452-6000. QC Kinetics, 979-452-6000. That is 979-452-6000. Open segment time, Tech Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. So during the show, before the show, actually, uh, I was talking to Luke. We were just talking about, like, look, things suck from a football perspective, but we've got some pretty darn good things happening on campus. So Luke did a little bit of research, and by research, you just used Google for a second. And uh, Luke, what you, you've got some things, at least for us as a university, to be happy about. Yeah, absolutely. So Jamie Morrison's volleyball team, first of all, we love Jamie Morrison here at Tech He inspired Thank you for me. speaking for the group. Oh, of course. <laughs> he inspired me to do a little bit of research of coaches having success over the last couple of years at AM. So I'm going to start with him. In 2022, AM Volleyball was 5 and 13 in conference. This year, they're 6 and 2. So they've already eclipsed the conference win total and they've eclipsed their season win total. Last year, they won 13. This year, they have 14 and they have 10 games left. So there's a lot to work with yeah, on that. A lot to work with. And then over at women's golf, Coach Chadwell, back to back ties for third at the national championships in 2022 and in 2023 and then last year they also won the sec championship on that i believe it was a dramatic last putt yep playoff that was electric and then women's tennis coach weaver this is this is pretty insane here so they have not lost a regular season sec match in over two years and then last year they had 30 wins and 10 of them were against ranked teams they've made it to the ncaa quarterfinals twice in a row and then before that, they made it to the round of 16 twice. And they've also been back-to-back SEC regular season champs and then tournament champs in 2022. And we've got Jim Schlossnagel. OB was a little bit skeptical on this because we he said we couldn't include his TCU success, but I'm going to anyways. In the last four years, Schloss has been to a regional in all four years. And then, of course, in his first year at AM, he took us to the Final Four in Omaha. Pretty good. Yep. Pretty, pretty good. I don't know if I can consider TCU, but I think what you're speaking of is just the level of coach that yeah. we have across the street. And all you have to do is look at year one and how close year two was to being even bigger. Um, you know, just a game away from going back to the Super Regionals and who knows what, have, what would have happened there. All right. Uh, thank you very much, Luke. Good, good Could luck. I actually get one more in? Mm, hold on, let me think. Three, two. Yeah, go ahead. We'll have to give a shout out to Buzz Williams. Buzz! And, and the trajectory of this basketball team. 
back-to-back SEC championship appearances, and they have 56 wins over the last two years. They have not lost a conference game at home since February 8th, 2021. That is phenomenal. Plus, um, Joni Taylor deserves a lot yes. of props for the, the program she's building. Trisha Ford deserves props for the uh, program she's building. Coach Henry has obviously had so much success here at Texas A&M. Uh, I'm strong for getting people, but there's a lot. Cortan, obviously, on the, on the men's golf side, there's a lot of great um, things happening here beyond what you may think of just football, which, hey, middle of the season, bye week, things, good things can still happen. Let's hit a break here. We will uh, come back with uh, more here on Tech Radio. When we come back, we will speak with uh, Jonathan Hutton. I'll kick the coverage next on Tech So while I enjoyed Chattanooga, all right, I would have rather have gone to Nashville. Uh, I just enjoy Nashville a lot. My buddy Jonathan Hutton from OutKick is out there. What's up, man? How you been? Nuno, I'm great, man. Uh, yeah, you're welcome back to Nashville anytime you want, man. Uh, red carpet rolls out for, for Tex Ags, that's for sure. And uh, anything you guys need, we're always here. And, and bring everybody. Let's go. Let's I've been to College it. Station. I need to open the open the doors to Broadway. Well, let's do it. So, I don't know how you, you take in that game that we saw on Saturday because if you're a Tennessee fan, you're like, dude, if a and had a capable offense... We lose this game, and we lose it significantly. If you're A&M, it's like, here we go again. Same kind of deal. So just what was your big takeaway from from Saturday? Well, being here in the, the mid-state, it, it, for me, it's just that we saw Josh Heupel, Tennessee, win a game where they didn't have to score 30. Um, that's the first time I've seen Heupel do that as a head coach. That's number one. It was a uh, – I've. It, I felt like the winner of that game, see if you agree, is is a nine-win team. Yep. And the loser could be at seven. And, and this, for Tennessee, this season is representing, it's representing the floor, the base of what I think Josh Heupel is capable of as head coach. And, and my co-host, Chad Withrow, uh, coined that in the, in the preseason. And I, I agree with him now that we're here because Milton has been good, not great. He hasn't been bad, but he hasn't really taken over the way hooker did. And they're still finding ways to win some games. And case in point was this past Saturday. I don't know. You know, Clay has said that he felt like it was two programs passing in the night. I I don't, I don't know if that's the case yet. But it was a, a significant win, despite how that game played out for for the Vols. And, and meanwhile, now you're looking at what road trips to Ole Miss and correct me if I'm wrong, LSU. Yep. And it, it, that's a steep hill now. And and now because you didn't win that game Saturday, the Aggies are thinking, okay, what happens at the end of the year? Because it's not if you lose; it's how you lose. In many cases. And uh, coming into a season where there's a lot of pressure and uh, a lot of money for a buyout, I I would have said, no, they're not Jimbo staying. And I don't know where you come down on that, but there's still a lot of football to be played to determine that. And again, it goes back to it's not if you lose, it's how you lose. And losing on the road is not a great sign, especially from that game in Knoxville. Losing on the road. It's been two years since you've won on the road. You've got to yeah. go to Ole Miss where Lane Kiffin right now has your number. You haven't won in Baton Rouge since 1994. Like, there's, there's, it, and 
it's exactly what you just said. There's how you lose. And the way this team loses is they find different ways to lose. Special teams, yeah. like offense scores three points in three straight second halves. Like it's just and everything you thought about this offense that you saw early. Look, I know there's gonna be a, a drop off from Connor to the next guy, and I think Max is a good quarterback, but it shouldn't be that steep of a drop off. Especially for a guy with experience, you know, like I, I was in Tuscaloosa when Max Johnson well, this was two years ago, went on the road, and there's no way that LSU should have hung in that game against uh, uh, the Tide that night. And they did. It was a sloppy game, thanks to thanks to Bama. But, you know, Johnson was, was making plays. He was, Here's the thing. He wasn't losing games. But that's what you want in a guy that's not the starter, right? Uh, you're right. You're going to have a drop-off. There's been a drop-off from Hooker to Milton, and – uh, but not a not a not one that's losing games for them. They're, they've the Vols when they've lost, they've played one really bad half of football. Uh, for for A and M, you're right. There's just a different way that you can point to, and it's still a, a talented roster. That's what I look at. So, and I was I was high on the Aggies to begin the preseason. Uh, whenever we last chatted, I I felt like they were the the surprise team and surprising everyone, but there in in, in College Station. Because we weren't talking about them, it's very similar to the way we weren't talking about Kentucky going into this year or, or last year, for that matter. I, I, uh, I, I, I'm still indifferent on the direction of the program because I saw what happened during the COVID year, which is very impressive. Uh, they should have been in the playoff that year, and from there to now, it's been uh, quite the journey. And I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I can't really pinpoint one exact area as to why they fall in the way they have when they should be a lot better. And you know, Jimbo's resume, it, it speaks for itself, but the resume currently is not all that great. Jonathan, how did Tennessee become this defensive juggernaut? Like that <laughs> that front, man. They're top twenty five in that in that in their area. It's it's uh, uh they've got Pierce now who can rush the passer. Uh it's it's bizarre because they They've kind of flip flopped on the offensive efficiency versus what they're doing defensively, and it starts up front. And the the juggernaut is you know you've got to string together some games, but it starts with with exactly that. And they've they've done that now. The the mentioned Jimbo's resume, Tennessee's defensive re- resume is good. They've allowed uh, less points than Alabama uh, has allowed. Uh, they match up this week. I. Uh, I still want to see more to truly believe it, but they're aggressive on the edges and their pass rush has been good and they're very stout. They they fight, they battle in the trenches and it still goes back to it in this league. That's how you win games in the SEC. You still pinpoint what's going on at the line of scrimmage. Tennessee has been winning that battle. And for the most part, they've been able to run the football well when they want to. And they, while they lack the receiving playmakers that they had a year ago, they're getting enough in that area to be consistently on the winning side of things. So they play well off their defense, which is something that was not the case last year. I mean, it, the Bama-Tennessee matchup from last year to this year, I feel like is exactly the other side of the coin. It's the old school Bama-Tennessee game instead of what we saw last year, which was one of the best football games I've ever seen. So can Tennessee score enough? On the road to beat Alabama, considering Joe Milton hasn't been bad, but they can't. There's some. He's he's inaccurate, man. 
I'm telling you, man, you're, you're right. Uh, he's he's inaccurate and inconsistent in that area. He is also capable of having the game of his life. Like uh, I feel like he does that every preseason, every camp, where he has the the practice week of his life and hypo. I mean, he beat out Hooker the first time. Um, and it was because he came in and in 17 days just was rolling. And the, the athleticism is there. Uh, he's got to have a lot of help around him. Like They just need to have a perfect, crisp day offensively. Um, but Milton is capable of that. Um, and, and if he plays his top game, Tennessee's going to win that game. Now, I, I, I'm not betting on that. I'm not, uh, I've seen enough of Joe Milton to know that you'll, you'll take just consistent and very good, not great over trying to decide whether or not which game he's going to have because there's there, there's no rhyme or reason to it. But he's he's certainly capable of leading a team for a week. Is it this week? Probably not, based on the fact that this is a game that Saban preps for uh, weeks in advance. Uh, the Tennessee book is always on his desk anytime he's doing some sit-down with a media member. Yeah, I, I think th- they, have, they have a way of uh, confusing – uh, bogeying, disguising that he may not see at other SEC programs for the most part on the SEC East schedule. I, I think in this case, they, they do some confusion for him, and we'll see how he plays. Defensively, though, Tennessee's been good, and Bama's offense, uh, if they're going to move the football, eventually they're going to have a penalty that brings it back because that's the that's how the the roll tide, the, the tide rolls, right? Like they, 14, 15 penalties a game is now the routine, and that's also bizarre uh, saying that from a Saban coach team. But that's they've been doing that. They Do, do they have the quarterback to bail them out? Milrow's been good since he was benched. I'm still not s- sold on that either. This is just which which quarterback is capable of raising the game a bit. Is it Milrow or Milton? And, and to me, that's a coin flip. It should be a good game like last year. I think it's tight, but it's low scoring. I don't watch Milton close enough to know this side of him, but it seemed to me when he got out and ran, he took great pride in making contact with the A and M defenders. Where he would yeah. he would talk a little smack. Is that typical of him? Yep, and he's got the size to kind of wear it, right? Um, first game I saw him play at Neyland was his was the season opener for him first start, and he was uh, he wasn't shy to contact, but the way he took hits. He allowed the defender to bring the contact first. Like he took the brunt of it, and I think he's over the last year or so changed that physical nature of how he runs. He's built. I mean, he's he's a big guy. Um, he's he's not Cam Newton is, but he's. I mean, he's that same size and, and build and frame. So I, I think that benefits him, and uh, they want to get him on the move, uh, but they also want him to stand in the pocket and be fast with the football. And they need to, you know, when they need to go fast, sometimes New York this year, I feel like they've gone slow. And when I feel like they're going fast, there there are times where I'm like, slow it down a bit. And it's been uh, a bit of a hodgepodge to figure out this group. But I think in part that's personnel that Heifel's having to adjust to and, and a new offensive coordinator for that matter. But so far, things have gone about as expected with Milton where it's not a Heisman-type candidacy, but it's also not just a, a, a complete drop-off from what they had. And part of that is just he's he's running, and he's also you know lowering the shoulder or bending down and delivering the hit. Hooker was the opposite. Hooker was also a very good runner, but he knew when to get down 
Milton more or less wants to uh, invite the contact. As we know, college football changes week to week, and you know the sky's falling, yada, yada, yada. LSU, <laughs> their season looked like it was going to go one direction, and it feels at least right now that the arrow is pointing back up. Do you think the arrow is pointing back up? I do. Um, I mean, th- there's a there's a scenario where they get to nine wins. They're guaranteed, I believe, seven now. And uh, that's with the I think they split the, the four games that they have coming up in some general fashion. They've got Missouri and Kentucky, but also Bama and Georgia and uh, of course, Vandy as well. I think they get to seven there and then can they with Vandy and then their non-conference UConn. Can they get uh, two more games of those four and then possibly win a tenth in a bowl game? That that is a, I mean, coming off of an eleven win season, um, that that's great for Heupel and recruiting. He's been doing well in that area. They develop talent well. They know who they are and what they're about. Uh, there's there's a buy in there. there. There's no disconnect between the the program uh in the offices to what they're doing on the practice field or what they're doing on game day i like the direction uh that they're headed they're they're on that path and there hasn't been a a, a considerable amount of adjustment so to speak because they have some young guys stepping up especially defensively what game are you going to have your eyes on this weekend maybe outside of the sec ohio state penn state's uh texas u of h uh where, where where are you leaning yeah, te- Texas is very intriguing because I, I want to see, to me, Texas-Oklahoma, they're going to have a rematch and the winner gets in the playoff because I think both teams uh, meet there. And then I, I just feel like the conference championship games are going to have a, a, a more weight to them than usual uh, than than past years. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's Ohio State-Penn State only because it's not – ticket prices are absurd, but they're always abs- absurd in Columbus. It's the, I don't really know the Big Ten right now. The, the, the top three, and then there's a considerable drop-off from four to 12. And, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, okay, where, where do we slot the top three? And I don't, Ohio State's not the same team. They're very beatable. Um, Penn State, if, if this is – if James Franklin's going to have a, a, a staircase climb, this is the year to do it. And they've done it on the road as much as they possibly could with uh, Aller, and I'm, I'm intrigued to see the matchup there. Um, and they'll have to do it on the road here. And then Michigan, Michigan has been dominant. I'm not taking anything away from them. I, th- are they one of the top four? Absolutely. Um, have I seen a lot of them? No. I mean, I, b- because of their schedule. So we, it, it takes a while. we got to wait for a few more weeks for that to, to play out. So this determines kind of the pecking order of Michigan and the, who's the next team. And then Michigan will have to end up proving it too. I I also think Penn State, Ohio State, the the if everyone splits and every has one loss by the end of it with Michigan and the other two, I'm intrigued to see what happens in the conference championship game with that versus what could happen in the in the Pac-12. So yeah, the magnitude of the win loss here is big, just like it was for USC losing to Notre Dame. So uh, Billy's giving me a hard time for using Texas and U of H as the game that oh. I used. And I'm looking through. There aren't a lot of marquee games, but the one I probably should have gone with was Duke and Florida State. Florida State, to me, <clears throat> I still have them in my top four. Um, Washington is uh, cracking away. They're, they're chipping away at, at the resume for Florida State now. Um, and, and that's just in my own head trying to piece together what I think the committee will do. Brock Bowers going down. 
the assumption is he's coming back in a few weeks. I don't know why Brock Bowers would come back, uh, given the fact he's a two-time national champion. But that that is a that is a huge loss for Georgia, and that opens up the landscape too, not just in the SEC, but for teams trying to compare themselves to the the, the top of the the college football world. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm I'm thinking about the the the, the impact of uh, college football in general. Duke is a great one. Because Duke is far more talented than just a quarterback and uh, certainly capable of beating Florida State. But Florida State just needs to stay right on track. What a huge loss for Miami, by the way, a couple weeks ago. And North Carolina, I'm not sleeping on Drake May. Uh, Just continue doing what they're doing and see what happens at the end of the line. The ACC is intriguing because they're kind of the outlier for all of the great storylines right now in college football because we're not going to see the top teams play each other for a bit. Jonathan, I appreciate you. Got to hit a break there, man. Thanks so much. Okay. Always great, man. Anytime. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Jonathan Hutton there. Outkick the coverage. Great work, uh, as he always does. We'll hit a break. We'll come back with a final short segment, Sex Acts. What up, gangster? Ethan Jones with us with uh, some stats to consider. Ethan, take yeah. it away, buddy. So, obviously, bad offensive performance. One of the worst of our season, actually. Here's some stats that show that. Uh, Texas A&M only had 277 total yards and 4.47 yards per play. This is the first time this season that Texas A&M has not reached the threshold of threshold of at least 300 total yards or five yards per play. We only ran for 54 yards, lowest of the season, and 1.93 yards per carry. So that's absolutely terrible. Max Johnson had a 47.1 completion percentage, which is also terrible. So both running and passing was bad. Also. We also was bad on the offensive line too. Texas A&M all O-line allowed Max Johnson to be pressured on 25 of his 39 dropbacks, which is 64%, and 11 QB hits. We were also really bad on third downs, 33%, which is our tied lowest rate this season, and 0 of 2 on fourth downs. So bad on fourth down, third downs, all around really bad on offense. But this is kind of becoming a trend against ranked opponents. So the two ranked opponents we played this year, Bama and Tennessee, we've done really bad on offense. So here's some stats that compare our unranked games. We have 15 seconds. Okay, we'll get the biggest one is, so there's red zone trips ending in touchdowns. Unranked, we did 62.5% into touchdowns. Ranked, 28.6% into touchdowns. Thank you, Ethan. Appreciate that. All right, that's going to do it for Texas Radio on a Tuesday. We'll see you. Manana. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.